This is the SFF Audio Podcast. Hi, I'm Jesse. Hi, I'm Paul. Hi, I'm Marissa. And today we're discussing Plans of the Alphane Moon by Philip K. Dick, a 1964 novel that uh, I was entertained by, but uh, I don't think Philip K. Dick knew what he was doing when he wrote it, other than, I gotta write this book, and I gotta take some drugs, stay up all night to do it. <laughs> Isn't it really specifically, uh, maybe this is more about his life than any, any of the other books that we've read? Yes, I'm not sure. definitely. It's got, it's got all the elements that we sort of expect, um, but specifically when the slime mold gives him, uh, <laughs> when the slime mold gives him, um, methamphetamine, no, it's not methamphetamine, just regular amphetamines so mm-hmm. that he can work his two jobs and stay up all night writing. Um, I thought this is definitely a Philip K. Dick book. And then later on, the main character, uh, sort of has a, a mental breakdown and has to, f- try and figure out who he's allied with and what the plot of the, of the novel is. I know. <laughs> That's my favorite scene where he sits down there and spends five minutes trying to figure out who's connected with whom and so whose side he should be on. <laughs> and he can't make it work no matter how hard he tries. It, it, it's, it, it's, like, it's like a bad scene out of It's a Mad, Mad, Mad World where nothing where he tries to square it makes any sort of logical sense and he just like gives up. It's like... Uh-huh. This is such a Philip K. Dick moment. It's scary. Mm-hmm. There's some scenes like that in um, uh, it's the one with the where he plays a cop. Actually, there's a lot of similar similarities to that. I I said he plays a cop, where Philip K. Dick plays a cop. In in this case, we've got the girlfriend playing a cop. Um, you know, they turned it into a movie with Keanu Reeves. That's the one I'm thinking of. Uh. It's got a drug Wait, that's um, blue. Oh, Scanner Darkly. Scanner Darkly. Right, okay. So in a Scanner Darkly, right, he 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 doesn't know that he's the bad guy he's chasing after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the, the, the detective is trying to solve a mystery uh, that he is, in essence, uh, creating. There's a lot of that sort of meta stuff going on in here. In, especially in the Earth section, which I much prefer. I don't know. Do you guys like the the Alphane section or the Earth section more? I like I think both. The Earth. Yeah, Paul, you like both. I I like both. I I, I as much as this is off the sh- off the uh, shelf stuff that Dick is often using or just remixing stuff here. I I felt. I felt relatively positively towards this book, even if he keeps mentioning breasts every uh, ten pages. <laughs> this is the m- most breast-heavy book. <laughs> oh my god, it's crazy! <laughs> and and it's, it's the first time they talk about breasts. They talk about how she, this girl, doesn't have, hasn't had the popular operation. That sounds like it has the nipples removed. Is that is that what the operation uh, does? It was like nipple dilation or something. Yeah. It was de- yeah. It was just like a breast augmentation of some kind. Oh, so it's m- making them bigger. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because <laughs> oh yeah, because remember when when Mary is kind of she goes into the office and sees the girl with the dilated nipples, and then okay. she says something about like she's giving her like a scathing look, and then the girl's nipples reduced. 
I was hoping you'd do a, uh, one of your word swarm things for this book because I think it would be a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, breasts and nipples would be all over <laughs> yeah. this book. It's true. There's even one line where he's he even treats them individually. He's like, the left breast was just as firm as the right breast. <laughs> he's very uh, he's very breast in. It's it's a breasty book. It really is, yeah. I mean, it's we've seen that in a lot of them, but. I, you know, usually it's just a sort of a passing description, mm-hmm. whereas here, it's yeah, it's it's a breast. I mean, I think he even says that breast heavy. Yeah, I, he, that's how he refers to some of the women. Yeah, I, uh, the I, the Irish the Irish actress. There's a lot of women in in this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the wife, uh, or the ex-wife, um, uh, and then there's the ending, which I just finished listening to a minute ago. I timed it pretty well, perfectly, and I'm like, "What the hell? <laughs> what the hell does that mean?" And he makes up with his wife, and they're gonna live on on this, you know, insane planet. Oh no, sorry, not planet, moon. Uh-huh. It's insane moon, uh, and their own community, filling it full of norms. Uh, his wife is depressed, but that's okay. Um, and then everything's going to work out. She, she wants him to say, it's going to work out. And he says, yep, it's going to work out. And I do love you more than my other girlfriends. And then, <laughs> and then she bites him on the ear, almost bites it off. I know. That's pretty, yeah, almost like, <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? I, I wasn't sure, but then, um, there is that scene where the, uh, one of the insane people on that planet gives her the love potion and she is just about biting him to death and i wonder if it's like just saying that she's just like super into him now and maybe that's like a new thing like <laughs> maybe she no. just bites men yeah maybe that potion is still working but now she's fixated on him yeah maybe yeah. that's true that could be it well i i i i, I, I want to as, as far as the planet i want to tell a joke that you both probably have heard before but maybe and maybe the listeners have, but this just went through my mind as we were exploring the communities and their reaction to Earth. Mm-hmm. So I'll go for it. So tr- truck driver is driving along the road. He has to take a detour off the freeway, so he winds up on this relatively small road going past a, a mental institution. There's, there's an overpass, and his truck is just a little too high to get over the overpass, so he stops. And sits there trying to figure out what the heck am I going to do? It's getting to be evening. There's the road he can't turn around. He's kind of stuck there. He doesn't know what to do. And a figure comes to the gates from the fence of the institution. It's a young woman. And she says, I, I know how to solve your problem. Just release some of the air out of your tires until the truck goes down in height just enough so you can get over the bridge. And then you can drive it slowly to a gas station and get your tires build up and you can go on your way. He says, well, thank you. That's a brilliant idea. I'll do that. But if you're so smart, why are you in this place? She she smiles and says, I'm here because I'm mentally enabled, not stupid. Uh, <laughs> I don't get it. Wait. Is that a joke? <laughs> yeah, it, I think it, it is. A, well, yeah, the tagline is the ending. So I'm, I'm here because I'm crazy, not stupid. Yeah, I, 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 it seems not like a joke to me. Yeah, no, it, it seems like normal. Yeah, no, of course, crazy people aren't stupid. But yeah, but some some people can get reinforcement, and this book kind of reinforces it because the 
because the the clans are not the pushovers Earth thinks they are. Well, yeah, they've got problems, but <laughs> they got problems, but they're not. In, they're not. Uh, the, they even go through that. They're like, oh yeah, they're they're not going to have any society. They're all going to they're all going to be mentally unstable, and they're not going to form any civilization. So we'll just go in and we'll treat them. And this book says no. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. So I guess I, I don't find that joke funny because it's true. Um, and 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 that actually I think is is actually one of the things that Dick is realizing with this book when he's writing it, right? Because we've got all these clans that are basically mental mental issues, right? And Dick is reading about this stuff because he's he thinks he's suffering from it, and I think people in his family have these kinds of problems as well, or things that he at least worried about. And then most of the time, you know, his solution is, yeah, you know what? I am a norm, right? So, yeah, uh, sure, I'm depressed today. And my wife is acting really crazy. She's manic today or whatever. Um, but ultimately, uh, he's a completely functional guy, even though, yeah, he did have five marriages and he, you know, did have nervous breakdowns. Generally, he was completely functional and, of course, super smart. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, it's a good takeaway. And that's, I got that from this book, is that the the moon where everyone is from this uh, sanatorium or they all have mental disorders, they're all actually getting on really well and cooperating and they're kind of happy before... Uh, these Earth people turn up, and on Earth, everyone is crazy. Like he's trying to kill his ex-wife, and right. you know, everyone's like double-crossing each other and just acting like crazy people. Not to mention how incompetent the U.S. government is. Yeah, <laughs> worst CIA ever. Well, I mean, that's the thing: is the closer you get into the workings of of government, uh, the more you see that they don't know what they're doing. They're just they're just going from crisis to crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the people in charge, not not the actual the bureaucrats. They know what they're doing. The bureaucrats have been doing that job for you know decades. They have institutional knowledge, but but the actual people running things, they are just like you and me, except they have no experience in that. Ex- their experiences with uh, winning, winning elections, right? Winning. Uh, Winning support, uh, as as we were sort of previewing <laughs> before, what people like about Donald Trump is that he's a winner. Uh, what makes him a winner is that he says he is, right? So apparently that works for a lot of people. And and so, yeah, uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty funny. In, if you read that original short story, Shell Game, um, that came out in the early 50s, it it's... It's a humorous piece that doesn't really go anywhere because it it's basically that very first chapter, that early scene where we see uh, a pair, a pair, right, paranoid, um, <laughs> getting ready for a conference between all the other clans, and he's like figuring out what seat in the room is the m- most safe one for him mm-hmm. in order to avoid being murdered, and he's got a, a simulacra there. As a backup, just in case uh, somebody acts shifty, he can... Actually, actually you know what? Uh, there's a lot of parallels there. So that simulacra he has is out in the hall watching people coming in and telling him what's going on. Just like uh, the slime mold is 
it's watching who's coming into the building and telling our main character, uh, you know, this guy's coming and they're, they're going to arrest you, right? <laughs> Uh, the the parallels sort of between the the crazy people on the mental uh, asylum moon and the uh, crazy people on the earth is very strong. And so that when that script, right, the plan for him to write a script that ends up being mostly about his own life, right? <laughs> Did you guys see how parallel the well, I mean, it's how could you not? Right? Yeah, it was, it was explicitly like this is his life. Yes, it's exactly his life, right? Yeah, he wants to murder yeah. his wife. He's going to get a clone. No, not a clone, a, uh, simulacra. a simulacra to get close, and he's going to have a girlfriend, and then it's going to be a comedy. <laughs> right? and what was what I thought was really funny was that part where um, the the actress that he hires for that part is complaining about being just decoration. Right. And I'm like, is, that, is he talking about himself? Like, that's how he wrote the <laughs> – that's how Philip K. Dick writes the, the extra woman. And then yep. these characters within the novel are complaining about that. It's like he's that's so right. self-aware. That is so Philip K. Dick self-aware, complaining about their own position in the Philip K. Dick novel. Yeah. Oh, exactly. So, yeah, I, I, I think that, that the stuff that happens on the Alphane moon is – interesting in it's it's a interesting idea and that short story explores it a little bit with the different groups so the different clans are the manses which um i'm not sure how you get that from maniacs um or manics mm. it's like well not maniacs they kind of seem <laughs> like psychopaths or something they're the yeah malicious sort of violent and the pa- the pairs are the, they live in Adolfville, right? Yeah. Adolf Hitler was a, a paranoid. Is the idea. And the Hebes, the the Hebephreniacs, are those the dirty ones? I can't remember yeah. now. Yes. Okay. Gandhi and they're in Gandhi they town. They Gandhi town because Gandhi's dirty. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what? I don't know enough about Gandhi to know. There's the obsessive compulsives, the obcoms. And we're not told where they actually live. We're never given a name. Right. The depths for the are the depressives from Cotton Mather Estates, right? And the skitzes are uh, at Joan jo- Joan Arc, Joan Arc, which is pretty cute, uh, which makes sense, right? She's hearing voices. Yep. <laughs> um, and Howard Straw is at Da Vinci Heights, so Da Vinci is um, a manic, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. And we have the Polly's from Hamlet. Hamlet. That was my favorite name, Hamlet, yes, Hamlet. <laughs> so why is it called Hamlet, Hamlet? Because of Hamlet. Because he's uh, poly, he has multiple schizo- schizophrenic uh, things. Yeah. yeah, I guess he does, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, you're right, he does. Because, yeah. Well, you know what? Hamlet's kind of Philip K. Dicky, isn't he? He's got a lot of that, do I really know this? And then, oh, there's a ghost. But no, everybody else sees the ghost, too. <laughs> That's right. My mind is now blown. Hamlet <laughs> as a Philip K. Dick novel. It kind of is. I mean, he's a, he's a very commentary sort of guy, right? He's you, got a running commentary on what's going on. And he's sometimes acting crazy. But is it an act? Right? It's very... To be Philip or not K. to be, that is the question. That is such a Philip K. Dick line. <laughs> It's a suicide. This is a suicide book too, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> I, I think I, I think some of the best writing I've read of Phil. I, I mean, he's a great writer, and many times some of the best writing is when when he's sitting in his house, really depressed. He's he's in the apartment building with all these aliens that are mostly only briefly described, and then uh, the, the slime mold comes in under the door and says, "Hi, uh, hi! I rent the apartment across the <laughs> oh. hall. My name's Lord Running Clam." And uh, I I see that you're suicidal, so I'm going to help you out. I'm going to send a girl over. <laughs> clean up. Oh, and yeah. uh, things are going to work out. I'll get you a new job. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that, you know, that just whole sequence was geniusly brilliant, hilarious, funny, and yeah. uh, even even touching, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, I, mean, the, I mean, he's a manipulative little slime mold, but he does try to do good things i mean he's he doesn't have a completely different ag- second or third agenda like practically everybody else in this novel does the, the, the simos actually seems to want to uh that's true do well do well but do buy well by uh by chuck he's, he's a friend he's a bit socially inept you know when he's like goes out on a date with them and he's telling them like oh you guys are gonna have sex tonight i can see that through my <laughs> <laughs> telepathic abilities <laughs> and they're like, shut up, slime mold. <laughs> shut, up, sli- shut up, slime mold. The, the new comedy series on Fox. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I thought it was I thought it was so sweet. Like when uh, the girl, the the cop girl, she says, um, "Lord RC sent me over." <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> she's got a nickname for him. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. She was really friendly too. But and she uh she's telling him the story about how. Oh yeah, the last person in your flat was some Venusian, what was it, moss or something? Yeah. It dried up, but I, I gave it some, some water or some moisture to help it. <laughs> yep. It was just like weird plants living and in his building. It moved up, moved up north where it's wetter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he went to Oregon. <laughs> or rains more. There's so many funny things in this book. It is pretty pretty damn hilarious. Um, I, I was kind of disappointed that we didn't get more of the 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 cop girlfriend because her her uh, ability to, you know, go back in time five minutes or whatever. Oh yeah, that was interesting. That was brilliant, and it could have done. Uh, this is this is one of those books where he is yeah he's he's taking too much speed and he, when it's cooking it's cooking real good. But uh, that was completely underdeveloped for me. And she gets mm-hmm. dropped off. Yeah, she doesn't do well by the ending. It's like, oh, she almost like he forgot about her, and he's gonna go back to his wife. But what happens to the cop girlfriend who can go back in time? That's <laughs> cool. I want, I want her to yeah. have a happy ending. It yeah, and she's low paid. I mean, you'd think she'd be able to use that skill to help herself out somehow. Somehow, I mean, right? I mean, you know, if you had your own gambling or whatever. Yeah, if you had your own personal Omega Thirteen <laughs> Galaxy. Quest reference. I mean, you'd be able to use it for something other than bringing people back to life who have been died, which is not a bad thing. And yeah, that's oh, a no, pretty good <laughs> use of it. <laughs> you'd think she'd be better paid for it. Uh, yeah. you know, get a tip or two from some of the people she uh, saves. I love that her ability is restricted by, it's like, an, an, what is it, 12 by 12 foot area or something. Right, <laughs> like, right. It's not like all time. It's like just right here in this little patch. <laughs> and and I like also that she takes him on the date. It's like a date. Says, "Oh, I gotta go to work. You want to come?" <laughs> <laughs> like a real cop, right? Yeah. And then he has the tiny little gun. Um. So yeah, I mean, I think if we had had a book with her as the main 
character and sort of the dick character as the as the ride along. I think that that would have been. Uh, oh yeah, a Philip K. Dick buddy cop awesome. movie. Oh man, <laughs> with Lord Running Climb in the background. Yeah. I mean, you, you could almost do it uh, low budget, you know. Yeah. I think I think uh, yeah, it would work. Or do it do it the rotoscope style, like a scanner darkly. Yeah, exactly. It could very. It's it, this book reminded me quite a bit of a scanner darkly, sort of a, a less, um, it's sort of a more comedic version of it. You guys noticed all the the tropes that we've, we're starting to collect. Um, it wasn't a news clown; it was a TV clown today mm-hmm. with Bunny. Bunny Hinton, um, yeah. Bunny Hentman, and then his spaceship. I didn't realize it had a bunny on it. I didn't realize that was him until it's a bunny Hentman spaceship. Oh, right. Okay. He's got a bunny on the side of the spaceship. We have wub fur slippers and, and, uh, homeopapes and, 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 and space travel to the extent that, oh, yeah, we could totally put a, uh, a sanitarium on the moon of, uh, Alpha, moon of a planet of Alpha Centauri. Like, Three light years away, you're gonna put up, you put your sanitarium there. Wow. Yeah. I think in the original short story, it was a crash sh- spaceship, like the it was a it was like a sanitarium, a cruise or something, and the ship crashed there, and they they had been they had been not it wasn't caused by a war that they were separated from Earth, but rather, um, it was caused by. Uh, yeah, like a meteor or something, yeah. and they crash on that planet, and then it's or that moon, and then they sort of develop without humans, and then the humans come in. Oh, sorry, but, not humans. But I had the feeling maybe they were on their way to the actual sanitarium, or yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, it was like a closed ship with no controls, like just like a bunch of sick people going through space to right. And it is kind of, I mean, I think Dick is doing something interesting with that because he is saying. He's asking, you know, just because you've got a mental disorder, does that mean you can't have a life? Mm-hmm. Uh, because the people there, they do have lives, and yeah, they cause problems for each other, right? The the pairs don't like anybody; they're worried everybody's about to get them. I don't know how they live with each other though, because that makes no sense, right? You get three pairs together, they're all, you know, paranoid uh, uh, that each other are going to kill each other. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so we don't see, we don't really actually spend any time with the, with the clans as clans as, as a much as we spend them sort of, uh, collaborating in their defense. Yeah. Do you, do you guys know what was going on in Philip K. Dick's life around this time that he was writing this? I think. I think it's pretty clear. <laughs> he's getting it. He's, he's half divorcing his wife. He's trying to get back together with her. Yeah. Oh. Do you, you know, he had her committed at this time as well. Oh, no. really? Yeah. Wow. So they were, they were having really terrible fights. And he, um, I think he kind of was charming the psychiatrist and their friends and making her out to be the crazy person. Right. And then one night when they were having dinner, the sheriff just turns up and has papers for her and takes oh, her yeah. away. And she's locked in this, um, clinic for two weeks and then he's visiting her there and I think he's kind of racked by guilt about what he's done and you know they're giving her drugs and she's sort of trying to convince him that she's totally sane she's just having a bad time with her husband and there's like the doctors there's um medical reports and his daughters as well say that while he's visiting her he's kind of saying no I'm the crazy one like 
she's a manic depressive. I think I'm, I think schizophrenic, paranoid, and I should be in there. So he's going through all this kind of weird conflict of like, <laughs> who's the crazy one and what have I done? Well, it doesn't help if you're taking uh, speed. Yeah. <laughs> because that, that can, that can create mental disorders. Yeah. I mean, temporary only, but definitely, you know, you stay up all night, you, you don't act like yourself. Mm-hmm. Do that night after night, you're going to start having some serious mental disorders. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this is the, yeah, he was writing, he was just writing like crazy at the, during this period and it kind of gets reflected into what the character's doing, trying to write for the CIA and for Bunny Hetman at the same time and just. Right. Yeah. And the wife not supporting him, like this is all from his life as well. Like he thinks he's telling people that she's, his actual wife is, um, like pressuring him like not to write and to like, you know, mortgage the house and start a record store and like get money another right. way. So. This is why the woman in this <laughs> story is all like about his money. Yeah, but you know, uh, the there's lines in there, right, where he says, you know, she's she's always pressuring him to earn more money. Yeah, that's what's making him take the drugs is because he wants to do what she says, right? If I can write faster, I can be a writer, mm-hmm. right? Um, I can have more writing done. I can sell more books. And this book comes out of that. And, I mean, I'm surprised how good it is, given how bad it is, you know? Yeah, I think it is a good book. It is a good book, mm. e- even though it is got some serious problems. I feel like yeah. after reading some of those other ones, though, it, it it's not, uh, it doesn't have the same problems on that kind of no. level. <laughs> no, it no. It makes a lot more sense. There's so many good ideas in here that are underdeveloped. So one of the things that I really liked was the... Red Canada, right? Oh Red. yeah, I knew I knew you were gonna catch that. Red Canada is full of um, simulacra who are spreading propaganda <laughs> on street corners via uh, simulacra who are um, reading scripts. I love that. But that's our reality. I swear that's gonna be as soon as they can get drones that walk around, right, with faces on them. That's what the CIA is gonna be doing, yeah. not just. Because think of how humane that is as opposed to, um, you know, nuking them from the air or, you know, hellfire missiling them from the air. Yeah, that caused collateral damage. But if you just send in, a, you know, a drone on the street to run up on the street corner to the cafes and say, hey, guys, yeah. <laughs> how great the U.S. government is these days. You know, I just think their foreign policy is wonderful. What do you think? <laughs> 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 I, could, I could totally see our CRA going for that sort of thing, spending millions right. on each one and get in that lasting very long thing. These get torn apart for uh, I mean, for yeah. the trouble. Well, they look like people, right? And they act like people. At one point, I was thinking, I mean, this is why this is such a good book, is that it makes you really get into the ideas that it's it's offering. Um, what's the name of our main simulacra? He's got a name. Oh, Danny? Dan Magaboon. Magaboom. Dan Magaboon. Right, Magaboom. Dan Magaboom, I thought he was a real person for a while. Um, he had just taken over. And I'm not sure that he wasn't. Because, he, yeah, he's being run by a different uh, guy at the CIA. Then he's run by our main character. And then... Um, there's some points where he's, he's, you know, slowing down or whatever because the, the feed's cut off. Mm-hmm. But 
um, just having uh, robots that look exactly like people and, you know, going in on dates and, you know, sort of doing all the things regular people do, how do you know they're not people? That's it's that's it, it, doing, it's, right? it's the Cylon problem. It is the it is very much a Cylon issue, except the Cylons were never uh you know remote controlled like that, right? They were always uh sort of autonomous. Right, but some of them thought they were people. They thought they didn't know they were Cylons. Sure, sure. So so it's just like who's the real person? Who's the, so yeah? So uh, we have so we have reg, we have norms. We have a simulacra or two, and we have uh we have the uh the mentally disturbed on the planet, and who's to say which ones? They are all people of just different kinds of people. Mm-hmm. I think the Daniel Magaboom character also could have had his own book. You know, just um, I'm being run this way, and then some other guy's running me, and now I'm acting a little bit strange. <laughs> because it, it really reflects, I think, how how the characters act as well. You know, sometimes they act like they're under control, and then getting that love potion, right? Similarly, you know, who's who's in control when you take a love potion? Oh, the love potion is? Okay, well then, uh, is, how do you tell that it's the love potion? Yeah, but they even explore that and saying there must be something inside of you. The potion just magnifies, exactly. magnifies oh, things right. inside of you rather than actually performing an outside force. So yeah, right. it, it, so Dick really loves to explore this whole ideas of autonomy and why do you act and how you act and what does that mean for others? And looking through all this, these crazy different ways of doing it. Mm-hmm. Another parallel I saw, uh, going back to Lord Running Clamp. Um, one of my, I, I think my favorite Philip K. Dick book is, uh, at least so far, is uh, Galactic Pot Healer. And that has a guy from Earth uh, get contacted via his toilet. By uh, some messages that show up in his toilet bowl. Wow. That uh, there's a a godlike being on another planet who needs his help, and uh, and then he goes to this other planet uh, to help out this alien. He's he's actually teamed up with a girl and some other aliens, and they uh, proceed to try and raise a sunken cathedral at the bottom of a of an ocean. Um, but the the Glimung, who who's the sort of he's the Cthulhu like god who you know nobody believes in but still he's he's trying to be optimistic even though nobody believes in him really um he's he kind of operates the same way as Lord Running Clam does in that he he's doing it for the main character as well as for himself right it's not a you know, it's all, I'm not, he's not manipulating the main character in order to, you know, further his own agenda as much as is to fur- further the agenda of mankind, you know, of, of being, of beings all across the galaxy. And it's sort of, it's a, it's a, you know, yeah, you're really depressed there at your crappy job on earth, but, you know, I could really use your help. And, you know, in raising this cathedral, we'll both have our faith renewed hmm. sort of thing. And, I think, you know, uh, we didn't talk about, uh, Lord Running Clam's death and revival, but it, you guys, that's Groot too, right? Yes. From, from, uh, what's that movie called? Guardians of the Galaxy. 
Guardians but, of the Galaxy. But it goes right? even better because there's multiple children, and it's like only only the first one's going to be Lord Ronencram, and the others are going to differentiate and take different names, but they all kind of have the memory of of the right. of, of the previous. So the, it it is kind of like a flowering tree, and it's like okay, it has the memory of the old one, but it's now going to go off in separate and different ways. And they like the they like the planet, so they're going to be part of the Norm colony. I I found I found that charming. You can have this little colony of a few humans and uh, Ganymede and slime mold. It's yeah, it's very <laughs> um, it's almost like ethnically diverse. Uh, <laughs> even though they're all they're all white guys and white wives and white girlfriends, as far as I could tell, there's at least um, uh, some some other aliens and the, the other aliens are pretty good too. Um, who's the friend of uh? The the TV clown bunny is the uh, the R the R B he's an L thing right he's a R B X three O three right R B X three O three is blind but uh can hear the conversation walks into the room feeling everything right and then starts feeling the face of somebody right <laughs> and it's like and this is my great friend R B X three O three bunny bunny's um sort of uh enthusiasm is infectious mm-hmm. and his sort of lechery <laughs> it's kind of charming try, yeah try, try to, uh, trying to get into mary's uh pants as soon as he meets her yeah right i mean yeah he's a great character he's got what about his real name as well when he, he uh, what is it lion's blood regal <laughs> lion's blood regal he's like my name's not really bunny it's lion's blood regal <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a whiskey yeah. <laughs> it sounds like somebody who, you know, you meet them at the party and they've got a wild name. Yeah. And they say, that's not my real name. And then they give you an even more impossible name. <laughs> and you say, oh, you're one of those people. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> because I've met those kind of people who it, it's, you know, they don't have a lot of money. But what they do have is a lot of creativity with regards to how they exist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so <laughs> he's managed to, to find a way to make a living at that. I'm not sure what his, his, his plan, his plans don't seem to make sense to me. Yeah, um, so did he kind of orchestrate everything? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I think, so. I think so. It's, it's not completely developed, but he's behind it all, really. He's, he's, he is, behind, right? Right. And, I mean, in the end, he winds up having to go to, uh, the Alfa, the Alfanes, but, I'm given that he had a long-standing relationship with them and a friendship with them, it doesn't. Yeah. But yeah, they both, as he said, hopefully they'll have a use for comedians on Alfane. Yeah. 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 Do you have TV on Alfane? Um, I don't think so because they're blind, right? Well, um, you can do radio programs. Radio, yeah, you know, radio. But it, did, but it got confusing with the because the whole thing is a uh, so. Um, it's a shell game, actually. Now that you think about that's it, that's true. Yeah. Uh, what's yeah. our main character's name again? Uh, good question. Ga- no, G- Gabriel Baines is is uh, the main guy on Alfane. Oh, you mean Chuck Ritter? Oh, oh Chuck. 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 Yeah. Chuck Chuck Ritter. Ritter. So, Chuck is a CIA guy who wants to kill his wife uh, via a simulacra, and then Bunny wants him. To write a script about a CIA guy who wants to kill his wife via yeah. a simulacra, <laughs> who is a marriage counselor like his actual wife, 
and then that is a plan of the Alphanes to make Mary <laughs> act in a way that they want her to act or something. In but, order to keep to to get their moon back. Yeah, yeah, but then who planted the idea in Chuck's mind originally? Like he came up with that. Like I wasn't sure how far back the plot goes. Well, the Alphane friend, uh, RBX three hundred three, didn't seem like a bad guy to me, so I, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also the CIA has their own plans, right? And to take back the moon, yeah. Right, but they're sort of crappy plans. They're, they're really <laughs> organized. I mean, <laughs> it's an indictment. They fire, they fire him from his job in order to prevent, you know. See, now you're going to be fired from your other job. And I was like, wow, this is really, it's like a dream, you know. He gets, he gets a second job to satisfy his wife who he's divorcing. Um, and then he, he's fired from both his jobs for taking drugs, right? Mm-hmm. And, and oh, he's fired from one job for taking drugs so he can do that job. And he's fired from the other job because he no longer has the other job. Well, and the CIA fire him <laughs> because they know that if their suspicions are right, that Bunny is, <laughs> gave him the script job uh, for ulterior motives, then Bunny will then fire him if they fire him. So it's like... <laughs> yeah, no, that which, which, which works totally because that's what happens. It, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> but then so... we get the... But they start casting it too, right? When they hire that, the, uh, the Irish lady to play the, uh, yeah. to play the, the girlfriend. And then the and whole, yeah. And then the whole time the CIA have that plant. Uh, sorry, Bunny has the plant in the CIA who knows what's going on anyway. Right. So, yeah, it's, it is a shell game in a certain sense. It's a, it's a little bit hard for my brain to like. <laughs> I, <laughs> that's why he's, he goes through that sequence where he says, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. They're the enemies of Earth. These guys are the enemies of, of Alphane. These are the enemies, right? And the paranoids are. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. And then even the main character, even Chuck is like, Ugh. He just gets, he gives up, right? Yeah. He says, I, I give up. <laughs> I guess it doesn't work. I can't figure out who I'm allied with. I don't know what the plot of this book is. It's, I guess I just see what happens. Muddling through. Here, here, here's a weird, it's, a, I'm sure, a completely coincidence. You guys ever see the TV show Chuck? Chuck? Chuck. Oh, Chuck. I've heard of it. Uh, maybe seen one episode. Yep. So, so a guy becomes a CIA asset and that eventually winds up going by accident and winds up going on missions for the CIA because of his skills. Like I was thinking of Chuck throughout all this. Well, he is, a, he is an asset. I mean, he's not some molecular performer, but he's got the interest, like I said, and then winds up going to the moon and getting embroiled in things just like poor Chuck would in a TV show. In the TV show. I was I was amused by that just slight hmm. coincidence. Plus, plus, he has a CIA girlfriend instead of a cop girlfriend in the show, but it's like I was just amused to... I, if you guys can't tell, I really like Chuck, but I mean, because I, I, I felt a lot of things he did. I mean, not so much his, his relationship with women, but it's like, like, he, he wants money for a job, but he's not doing well. He's depressive, which I can be, so. He, he's, <laughs> he could be in the depth camp. I, I, I could totally be in the depth camp if I was on Alphane. Button yeah, Mather Estate. <laughs> yeah. So I, I really felt, but I mean, it really felt for Chuck. It was like when he got tested and he wasn't adept. It's like, well, that's nice for Chuck. He's not adept. He's yeah. normal. I, he I, was. I felt, yeah. 
I, I, I felt think good it, for it him. is really Philip K. Dick. Like he's really like it, it, he is very compassionate to this main character. Like he's like, oh, the poor guy. He's just trying to get along, and um, you know, his wife is yeah. pressuring him. And <laughs> yeah, so I, I really, I really felt for him because he's muddling through as best he can with all these sides going all around him and manipulating and pushing him around. And he's just trying the best he can, poor guy. It was kind of nice to really stay with the character as well for so long. Like we kind of followed mm-hmm. Chuck a lot in this book, which was nice. It's true. I think it. I, I think it, it's. It might turn people off because of starting with Baines. By the way, Baines going back to uh, Man in a High Castle, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's, Another it's, reference. He's just and he's he's in the Nazi part of town too, right? Yep. Adolfville. True. There's uh. This book that we're working on is coming together. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, there, there's not a ton of notes on the Philip K. Dick page about the novel. Um, the Philip K. Dick fans page, I should say, yeah. about the novel. But uh, there are parts, there's a few parts of interviews that have been excerpted and uh, reviews and stuff like that. Uh, but there is one line that Dick said in an interview about it that I thought was cool um so he says um i love clans of the alphane moon because the whole entire thing works up to this one funny scene where they call off the attack on the rocket ship and the robot hasn't been told and he goes and hammers on the door (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) so (laughs) there's it is it is a designed to be a comedy i think and i think it is it it works very well as a comedy. And especially that android, like, there's so many funny bits with him, like, um, where he's kind of been a bit of an asshole to Mary. Yeah. And she doesn't, yeah. she's like, why is this guy being such an asshole? And it's because her ex-husband is driving yeah. him. And- exactly. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Oh, God. She's like, what's with this guy? It's, uh, it, it is, it does work, right? Because you sort of, um, if you've ever been to like a a formal occasion that you you didn't want to go to, uh, but you needed to go to, um, and you're trying to act the part, it's like you sent a a simulacrum yeah. <laughs> yourself, right? You dressed up in these funny clothes and acting in a certain yeah. way. Oh, yeah, that's really fascinating. To suppress your personality that <laughs> yeah. you regularly have, you know, a funeral or wake or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. I think that that's why this works is it works on that level. Uh, it works on the level of we can really resonate with these sort of things. Um, they're, they're, they're like the, um, now I'm reminded of a Doctor Who, ep- of a new Doctor Who episode, the ones with the gangers, which are, which are simulacra that people control, but eventually wind up having personalities of their own. Hmm. Hmm. And, 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 and spoiler, it turns out one of the doctor's companions has been a ganger for some time, and he's really been trying to try to figure this out, whereas it takes some episodes for the years to be like, oh, they're a ganger. Oh, crap. So where's the real <laughs> companion sort of thing? It's Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's very Bill K. Dickey. And then, yeah, so that must come from doppelganger, is that? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, artificial people that look and act like regular people controlled by slave to real people, mm-hmm. but also trying to have autonomy of their own. So yeah, very, very Phil K. Dickian. 
What did you guys think of the um, the ending? Well, because all the stuff we've talked about is mostly the Earth stuff, but then there's all that weird stuff happening on the moon, like the um, the giant lizards in the sky that are dragons <laughs> breathing fire, like words to they're writing messages in the sky to Mary. That kind of um, reminded me of Six Golem in some ways. <laughs> the, the the Heinlein novel with it with uh, Six Golem, yeah. With it where they use up. Uh, that that's that, those sorts of imagery and uh, illusions to try to stop the enemy army. Mm. Yeah, that was but really yeah. strange. And four shields. And yeah, that the, the the mantis come up, the mantis and the pair and the pairs come up with some really weird weaponry and stuff to try to stop the Earth forces. Well, uh, that's the thing is is Dick is saying you know that all of these sort of quote unquote diseases are. You know, look at who he's put on the list. You know, Adolf Hitler's not not a great guy, but he did have a force of personality, right? Hamlet, wow, powerful. Uh, uh, Cotton Mather, powerful, right? Da Vinci, powerful. Joan of Arc, powerful, right? That's he's saying that. You know, uh, that's the thing is they are more competent than the Earth. Yeah. Um, in a lot of ways, because of their disabilities or abilities or whatever. Yeah, it feels like that the shell game short story. It feels mm-hmm. like that's like these people are really delusional. Every right. you know they have no idea what reality is. But this right. book, it seems to be all the um, so-called delusional people are. They do have like all these weird powers and mm-hmm. abilities, and they they're seeing things in a different way. And they're also like they're teleporting and <laughs> and visions and stuff. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're- yeah, I love that. He, what does he call them? The, the saint psychotics. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And and they they do have powers, like kind of like the. I guess maybe that's why the girlfriend, uh, the the cop girlfriend, is dropped. It's because she she's not uh, in this range of, you know, skitzes or anything. That's true. And yet she has similar powers to some of them, and that maybe getting those two things close together would make it. I mean, uh, maybe I'm overthinking how well Dick plots things, but <laughs> yeah, I think uh, maybe <laughs> because uh, yeah, their their powers are similar to hers, and that she has things that we can't do, right? But when you talk to people who are uh, uh, hebes or whatever, I don't know, uh, skitzes, anyways, um, you get the sense that things are di- working differently in their world, mm-hmm. right? And that. Uh, things that, it, it, to me, it's it's like talking to people who are in, well, not talking to people in dreams. It's like dreams. The, the, the logic of regular reality doesn't apply. Um, maybe gravity's still there, but, uh, you know, you can defeat it this way. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think, I think he's, he's exploring what it means to have these mental issues in this, in this story, mm. as well mm. as doing a comedy piece on it. Yeah, because at the, in the early parts when we first see these, um, the, I guess the saint psychotics, I thought that they were delusional, like that they thought they were affecting this ship that's coming down, but then, do you know there's that weird scene where they, they start mm. laughing and then they're like, oh, now our powers don't work anymore. Right. And the ship turns up and you can't tell if they did it or if it was just happening and they were adding their delusions to it. Yeah. But then later they definitely have some kind of powers. It's it's kind of weird like that, right? Yeah. 
because yeah, I, I think I, I talk about it a lot, but I, I think it's true. You know, the I when I didn't care much for uh, the big Steve Jobs thing that happened a few years ago when he died. Uh, but I, I keep coming back to that phrase that people had about him um, that's in one of those books, the reality distortion field. Mm-hmm. It's a real thing because I my mom's got it. She can project it in the same way that uh, he can, you know, to get stuff done. Right. You say, oh, I don't think that's reasonable. But, um, you know, it doesn't work every time. Either. Can't break mm-hmm. the laws of physics, but yeah, no, it, it, it obeys the laws of physics. But um the, so- the laws of social dynamics that you would think would always be, uh, st- maybe that's the problem is we think things are stable and they're fundamentally unstable. Mm-hmm. The majority of issues we have are not with uh, physics problems or biological problems, but rather with social problems, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, t- today the reality is uh, nobody goes up to the first homeless person they see on the street and gives them a hug and say how are you doing today that never happens right right but um to say that that's impossible uh seems pretty much i would take that that at, to be the case right that's impossible nobody would do that as a, that to be a regular thing but physically as in the laws of physics do not apply here this is a social social reality and it can completely be overturned right could be i don't think it will be in fact i think it's impossible that it be completely overturned and yet it is not and that i think is where um this level of you know when they try to stop the the spaceship from landing they can't do it but they can uh uh they can because that it's you know it's a object falling from the sky right but when they um when they want to invert the social relations between themselves and some other uh social group they can mm-hmm. and that i think is is what why when we see the girlfriend you know bring people back to life it it sort of turns into a fantasy book for a minute um but but actually uh, it's a metaphor, almost. I don't know. He, he. That's why this book is good, is because even though it's a mess, um, you can really f- sort of spend a lot of time thinking and enjoying uh, what he's thinking and enjoying. Yeah. <laughs> works for me. Works yeah. for me. It just works, I guess. I think it does. This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com.